the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. This is the equipping center. This is the perfecting center. This is where things are getting perfected. But what for the work of the ministry? But the question is, what is the work of the ministry? What am I being perfected to do? I'm glad you asked that question. Matthew chapter 28 lets us know what our mission is. It's called the Great Commission. He, he commissioned us, Jesus Christ commissioned us to do the work of the ministry, to make Christ known, to make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things that I have taught you. And then he says, and lo, I'm with you. That's our commission. That's what the church ought to be about. So we need to be careful to stay about the business of God. Are y'all still here? And so when we're, when, watch this, when the church is doing what it was called to do, it becomes an equipping center for the saints. Okay, I'm, I'm going to dig in a little bit later in just a moment. Still in verse number 12. It says, for the equipment of the saints to do the work of the ministry, here's, here's a second benefit for the church. For the edifying of the body of Christ, Lord Jesus. So not only is the church beneficial or one of the benefits you gain from being in the church, uh, the equipping of the saints, but also the edifying of the saints. Now, this word edify comes from a Greek word, oikotome, okay? Oikotome comes from the idea, I love this, it comes from the idea of a house builder or an architect. Watch this. And so the idea here is that God has given these gifted people, the pastors, the teachers, the, the, the prophets, the evangelists. He's given them for the, for the purpose of accomplishing, edifying, that is building the church, building the people. And watch this. But it's building the people in the sense of an architect building a building. So in other words, it's a planned approach to building people. Lord, have mercy. Let me see if I can explain this the way I feel it. In other words, the church ought to be a place where there is a planned strategy. As an architect does, he lays out the design for how the building is going to look when it's done. And he gets together with the builder and the builder comes up with a strategy for how we're going to get it to look like that at the end. Help me, Lord Jesus. And so the church, as we come in, messed up, mixed up, tore up from the floor up, we come into this equipping center under the plan of God to, that the architect's plan might be fulfilled. Pastor, what's the architect's plan? I'm glad you asked that question. Take you all the way back to the beginning of Genesis. I created you in my image. And after my likeness, we're supposed to look like him. That's what we're supposed to look like. We're supposed to act like him. That's what we're supposed to act like. But 
we ain't there yet. We kind of messed up. So we've come to the equipping center so that we can be put under the plan to be developed so that we can ultimately look like him. Here's the problem that some churches run into. They have no plan to develop disciples. They have no plan. There's no plan for literally growing you up. I had a friend of mine a number of years ago. He started a church. He says, Matt, Pastor, he says, I, I'm just going to, I want to get the people saved, get the people saved. And he was a great evangelist. Go out, he would share the gospel and people get saved, bring them into the church. So I'm just get people saved, get people saved, get people saved. I said, okay, that's, that's a good start to your plan. But I said, once you get all these people in this assembly and you've got them saved, then what you going to do with them? And he kind of looked at me like a deer in headlights, like I never thought about that. Stay here with me. When the people come together, you got them saved, but you got to grow them. There has to be a deliberate plan and strategy to grow them to a place that they look like the architect's design. The architect's design is that we look like Jesus. And if we're not deliberate and intentional about developing them, there's no edification that's taking place that's growing them to a place to meet the design that looks like God. Y'all still here with me? And so spiritually speaking, uh, it, it's a planned process to build you spiritually until you are spiritually mature like him. Here it is. Listen to verse 13. It says, because what, what this thing is going to do, actually, this, this, um, this plan, if you will, edification plan is going to be laid out in five parts. He starts at verse number 13. He says, here's part number one of edifying. It says, first of all, we're going to be edifying the body to bring them all first thing till we all come to the unity of the faith that's the first component so what ought to be happening when we come into the house of god we ought to be being built we ought to be being edified till the point that we all come to the unity of the faith in other words we all ought to come to the place where we understand the same thing about god y'all still here in other words the fundamentals we we we, we ought to be able to come together and grow to the point that we all understand. We all have common faith that Jesus Christ is God, that he died according to the scripture, that he rose again the third day according to the scripture, that he ascended to glory. He's sitting on the right hand of God, making intercession for us. And the only way I can get to God is through Jesus Christ. We all ought to be growing together under that same faith. Are y'all still here with me? Now, notice what I didn't say and what the text doesn't say. It doesn't say same practice. Okay, when I say practice, I mean, you may have one church that they light candles. You got candles and incense all over the church. You got another church, don't have no candles. You got one church has a praise team, and that's all they have is a praise team. Another church, they got just a choir. You got another church that has a whole band. They got an orchestra. You got another church, they don't have no orchestra. They just got a guitar. Got another church that they got a keyboard and a drummer. And, and, and so you got all these differences of the way we do it, but the objective is still the same, one faith. Y'all still here? And so, and so we're being edified because edification, watch this, edification in the church should not be divisive. It ought not split us apart. It ought to bring us together under a common faith, a common belief that Jesus Christ is God. Common faith. Not necessarily common practice, but common faith. Y'all still here? So we all should be brought together in the unity of the faith. Look at the second, second part of this, verse number 13 still. To bring us all to the knowledge of the Son of God. 
Y'all see that? So we all come together in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. When we come together in the church, the church ought to be building us through a process, spiritually edifying us through a process that we all understand who the Son of God is. Amen, Jesus. We all ought to know when we leave out of here who the Son of God is. We all ought to know that. We, we all ought to be being built up to understand and know who the Son of God is. The knowledge of the Son of God. And that's why it's so important in the church that we preach Jesus. That's why it's important that we preach Jesus him crucified, him buried, him resurrected, him ascended, and him soon coming again. That's why, church, I don't preach the Washington Post. That's why I don't preach trending topics. I preach Jesus because you've got to leave here with the knowledge of who he is. I have done you a disservice if you come in here and all we've done is preached about what happened in the news this week. That is not the purpose of the church. And there's no benefit that you gain when that's happening. Y'all still here? I had somebody ask me one time, it says, some event happened. I don't remember what it was. They said, what you going to preach? Are you going to talk about that on Sunday? What you going to preach about? I said, Jesus. Oh, you're not going to talk about that subject? No, I'm going to talk about Jesus because he is, (laughs) he is the center of the church. He is the means by which we live and move and have our being. He is the deliverer. He is the power that we need. I don't need the power of the press. I need the power of Jesus. So we preach Jesus. Edifying. Edifying until we all come to the knowledge of Jesus. Edifying. um, uh, Verse 14. 14. Till we come to this place of maturity. I'm sorry. Verse 13b. The second part of 13. uh, It says. So we all come to this common faith, knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Uh, here, here again, guys, uh, edification. Our edification is to the point that we're growing to full maturity. The, the text says to a man, not a baby. This text, the, one of the purposes, one of the benefits is that in church, when we have this strategic plan of edifying and growing you to maturity, that you grow to full maturity to be an adult. The church is too full of babies. There's too many whining folk, too many crying folk, too many, too many folk that need a bottle. Why you ain't put my name on that list? Ain't y'all talking? She make me mad. Too many babies. Church ought to be the place where you grow up to an adult. Till you can start dealing with some stuff. Till you can start forgiving some people. And stop holding. You're still holding on to some stuff. That's way back when. You've been in church for 45 years. And you're still doing the same old thing. No. You ought to grow up when you're in church. You should have at least been able to forgive somebody by now. you still cussing people out. And you've been in church for 30 years. Come on here. The church is the place you ought to grow up. I mean, if for real, for real, some of y'all are outdue for the club. You shouldn't even be going no more. You just too old. But in the church, we ought to grow up until we're spiritually mature to the, to the stature of Jesus Christ himself. Until we act like him. Until we walk like him. Until we talk like him. Until we understand the things he's telling us that we understand like him. 
That's the purpose. Here's a benefit. You want a benefit? I can grow up and be mature. And with that maturity, the text goes on to say, verse number 14, so when I'm, I'm growing up and I'm mature, I no longer will be like children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that comes along and every trickery of men and every cunning and crafty, deceitful, plotting thing that comes along. In church, we ought to be growing up so that when folk come along and talk foolishness, we ought to know that's foolishness. There's some stuff you ought to just cut off your TV. Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm, some, some stuff is just utter foolishness. And we, as we grow up in the church, we ought to be able to identify. That, let me say this like this. There's some stuff you as a growing up or grown folk won't take. You just ain't going to take it because you're grown. I mean, some things happen. He says, man, when I was 16, that would have been something. But man, I'm grown now. I ain't, that don't mean nothing. I ain't dealing with this foolishness. Some of you on your job, people, oh, they, they, they that little, little, little gossip corner and they talk, this girl, she did this and he did that. He said, y'all act like teenagers. That's childhood stuff. I don't want no parts of that. Well, in the same regard, when we grow up in the church, when we're growing up in him, there's some things that come along that are foolishness and we should not be swept away with them. When folk come around and talk about, well, come on up to the altar, throw down your $100, throw down your $500, tap seven people, turn around three times, and in about five days, you're going to get a check in the mail. That's foolishness. You ought to just pack up your Bible and get on out the check. That's foolish. You mean swept away by crazy stuff? When you mature, you don't fall for stuff like that. When I, when I was about 14 years old, I think I was in Landover Mall. I was probably 14, 15 years. I was in Landover Mall, and a dude came, and he had gold chains. He said, man, I got a gold chain. Ain't, man, it ain't going to cost you that much. I think it was about $10 for a gold chain. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that's only $10 for a gold chain. i take one. And in about a week, that gold chain was a green chain. You fall for stuff when you're a child, but you ain't going to sell me no gold chain in the parking lot of a mall today. No, I'm going inside. I'm going to K Jewelers. I'm, I'm going to Jared. I'm going somewhere. Well, I know. I'm going to get the real deal. I ain't falling for no foolishness now. Y'all hear what I'm saying? The church is a place where we grow up and we don't get swept away by all this crazy doctrinal stuff that people are throwing our way and we chasing after it thinking that somehow we're going to get a million dollars dropped in our lap. That's not happening. God knows that you know. If God gave you a million dollars, you stop coming to church anyway. That's why he need to keep some of us in the, in the prayer position. Lord, please bless me with this paycheck this week. Lord, I, you know I need this job, Lord. He keeps because some of us wouldn't pray if we had too much money benefit as we be edified edified lastly listen it's in verse number 15 edified to speaking the truth in love so that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head christ the church has the benefit of causing us to grow up to the place that we learn how to speak the truth in love listen to me part of speaking the truth in love is, to, is, is i think actually as you read the the, the, the original text, it, it has the idea of truthing. In other words, living in the truth, walking in the truth, being the truth, in love, doing it like Christ did it. And so part of that is how do I deal with other people? I can deal with people truthfully 
but I can deal with them in love. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And I can, I can tell them the gospel, but I can tell them the gospel in love. Not beating them over the head with a 10-ton Bible. Not leaving giant, large print scriptures in their Kool-Aid and, and on their cereal box and stuff like that. No, in love. We, we learn how to share this word with love and also to deal with each other and deal with other people in love. Tell the truth, but tell it in love. I always say this when I'm doing premarital counseling. I say two ways to tell the truth. You can tell the truth in love or you can tell it by snatching a rug from under somebody's feet. I mean, sometimes you can just, you can tell somebody the honest truth, just punch them in the gut, take the wind out of their sail. But no, you don't want to do that. You want to tell them the truth in love. Edify, grow them, pull them up. You don't want to push them down. Pull them up with the truth that you tell. And we do that in the way that we become into the head, which is even Christ. This is our, the benefit. So we have the benefit of equipping the saints. We've got the benefit of edifying the saints. Lastly, we have the benefit of effective working together of the saints. The effective working together of the saints. Verse 16 says this, look. From whom the whole body is joined. Christ. Christ is the means by which the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Lord, have mercy. That's, that's a whole sermon right there. But I ain't going to keep you long because I know y'all, y'all getting worn out on this. But I need you to understand there's benefits in the church. We need the church. We need the church because the body is joined together by this head. We're all connected to the head. Christ is the head. And so when the body comes together, there is equipping of the saints There is edifying of the saints. But watch this. When all these gifted people come together with the gifts that they have, they can work together and supply each other what's needful. Watch this. So the entire body is doing well. Y'all still here with me? So now, what if, let's go hypothetically use this as an example. What if this morning your right foot said, I ain't working today. I know I'm part of the body. But today, I'm taking off. All right? So, you jump out the bed like you normally do. For those that are young, you jump out. For those that are older, you take your time and get out. But all of a sudden, on this particular day, your right foot then took the day off. And so, you're going to fall on your face because your right foot took the day off. Now, you need to understand something. Your right foot has more than just the function of carrying the weight on the right side of your body. Because some of you can say, yeah, well, even though the right foot is off, I can still compensate. But you need to understand something about that right foot. If the right foot takes the day off, ain't no blood circulating through the right foot either. Whoa, Jesus. And if the right foot doesn't circulate blood back up to the the right ankle, the right ankle don't get no help. And the right (laughs) shin don't get no help. And the right knee don't get no help. And the right thigh don't get no help. And the whole body is messed up because the hip ain't getting no blood. And then the blood is getting backed up somewhere because the right foot decided I'm taking a day off. I'm trying to help us understand when we use what we have and everybody does their part, then the whole body works together fluently. Lord have mercy. If you ever watch Hussein Bolt run a race, Hussein Bolt will get down on the line and when they snap that gun, he's up out them blocks and he's taking off down the field and his right foot is working and his left foot is working and every part of his body is 
working. His breathing is going. His arms are swinging. He's going down and it's like a locomotive in motion. I mean, it's a beautiful thing when the whole body is doing what it's supposed to do. Lord, have mercy. If every part of the body does its share, we can be the most effective instrument and most effective body that's all created by God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I mean, we all got to do our share. We all got to do our part. You can't just decide, I'm going to take all. We need you. You play a part in the body. So now when the body is all working together, everybody's doing their part. Everybody's doing their share. Everybody's doing their share. Because guess what? God gave you a gift too. So if you have a gift and you're sitting on it every Sunday, you are like the foot that decided I'm taking off. And guess what? Eventually it's going to happen to that foot. The foot is going to die first. Because it has, it has disconnected its association with the body. Lord, have mercy. So the foot going to start turning colors. Gang green set in. It starts smelling. That's what happens when folks get separated from the body. Lord, have mercy. You decide, I'm not doing my part. No, everybody needs to do their part. Because not only do you kill yourself, but you affect the rest of the body. Because the gang green that gets caught up in you starts spreading up the leg. Lord, have mercy. I wish I had a doctor in the house that could verify, validate what I'm saying. Because after they cut the foot off, if the gangrene had already spread, help me, Lord Jesus. If you already then taught another part of the body, this is how it's supposed to be. After a while, the knee going to say, well, if the foot didn't have to go, I ain't got to go. Lord, have mercy. And if the mother say, I ain't going to church, then the children say, we don't need to go either. Mama ain't going. And if the daddy say, I'm staying home, send the children. The children are going to say, why we got to go if he ain't got to go? Now the whole family is dead. Lord, have mercy. And then the, the neighbors are watching your family, and they say, well, if the Joneses ain't going to church, we ain't got to go either. And so now the neighborhood is dead. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And before you know it, the whole body is dead. You ain't just affecting yourself. You think, oh, this is just me. I can stay home. No, you're affecting the whole body. The whole body is affected. But when we work together, when we work together, we all watch this grow up. It causes every part, does it share. It causes growth in the whole body. When everybody's doing what God has gifted them to do, the whole body is growing. The whole body is flourishing. Everybody is flourishing. And this is why when I told you last week, you better tell your, tell your friends and family, yeah, they better get to church because you need them here. You need them here doing your part because their part helps you grow. Their gifts helps you grow. You sitting on your gift, you affecting other people in the body of Christ from growing. We all grow. And we, the growth of the body and the growth of the body grows up for the edification of itself in love. So love begins to flourish even more when every member does its part. Do we need the church? Yeah, we need the church. We need the church because the church has benefits. It has the benefit of equipping the saints, edifying the saints, and effectively working together for all the saints. I shared earlier today, if it was left up to me, and God was giving out them gifts because we don't get to choose the one we have, I would have chose being able to sing and play music. Because if he had given me that gift, I would stay home Sing to myself and play music to myself. Forget about y'all. I would minister to myself. That's why he didn't give me that gift. Because he knew, I, if I give you that gift, you're going to disconnect from the body. I'm, I need to give you a gift that you need to go and connect to the body. And because I can't do the music, I need somebody to play for me. And I mean, I sing a little bit, but it ain't going to be like I want to. 
It ain't gifted singing. Amen. It ain't enough to keep me at home kind of singing. So we need the body. Are y'all still hearing what I'm saying? We need the church. Don't throw the church away. Don't throw your brothers and sisters away. We need each other. And together we're going to grow to the fullness that is Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family, Minister in the Spirit of Excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.